The football season is now over, people. We're winding down for a bit, chilling. But first, we have the FA Cup special for you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know already, you're tuned into the FTL podcast, the most informative football list content you will ever come across. I'm joined by Jack and Tom. Say hello, boys. Hello, boys. Hello, hello boys. <laughs> hello, boys. <laughs> they think it's all over. It's not yet. We've got the FA Cup final. <laughs> Champions League for some, Europa League for some. Transfers. Transfers, yeah. For some. Yeah, for some. <laughs> Contract renewals. Loan agreements. It's, it's not finished yet, is it? And to be fair, once that's all finished, the season will start again. Is it a month? Yeah, another month. I'm looking forward to the Wilf Saha, will he, won't he be sold saga to be over soon as possible, please. To be fair, I'm looking at that, right? I'm looking, who's going to actually buy him? So, Let's just go through the list. So you're going for the top six. He wants Champions League, right? So mm-hmm. you go Liverpool, they're not really going to sign. They've got two wingers that outclass him. Actually, Liverpool might. If, if anyone's going to sign him in the top six, it would be you Liverpool. Think? Just because, as a backup? Yeah, because he can play left and right wing. Potentially then. But then they'll be seeing link with Sancho. But if the African Nations Cup ever comes back in like January... Yeah, they're going to lose, yeah, lose all three. They're going to lose Zaha as well because he plays for the Ivory Coast. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so it's probably not, not all right, the best so, idea from that point of view. Obviously, Liverpool, maybe. But then you've got the rest of them. Man City won't need him. Chelsea don't mm-hmm. need him. Man United mm-hmm. won't need him. We're counting Arsenal as a top six. Arsenal won't need him. No. Like, no, I'd say not, not for the money. Not it's, for the it's, money. It's more of a fantasy with Arsenal. It's just having two other, is it Ivory Coast wingers and he supports Arsenal, I think. Nine nine goals between them this season or something. Yeah, yeah. Look, he's a, he's a skillful player and he can probably create a lot in terms of bringing the ball forward. I'm not saying he's, I don't, I don't know, but it's his assist rate or whatnot. Don't get me wrong, he's a good player to have, but he's one of those players similar to Jack, Jack Grealish. They're just suited to that club. Yes. The problem is, though, I do think that when you're a player like Jack Grealish and Wilfred Zaha, if you're at a team who, like Palace, are set up to defend as an attacking player, you're not going to get a lot going for you. All you can really get are free kicks and penalties, which is where we get most of our goals because we are quite habitually set up to defend. And if you're a striker who is essentially Ben Teke, who couldn't finish his sentence, then really your stats aren't going to get that high anyway. Like no, we've ball. never seen him in a in a team where he has dominated possession. Like even Ivory Coast, I, he's not really to be fair, enough games to show that, has he? To be fair, though, when he did play for the Ivory Coast, he was always on the score sheet. I can't see why he couldn't do better with better players around him. Oh, yeah. no, it's just a, a small sample size, isn't it? It's only like 20 I games think, or something. I think players like that, maybe Jack Grealish, maybe. I think he might have scoped to go on a little bit further. But essentially, like, I think there's 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 players like you can see with even I know some someone like Eden Hazard. I'm not saying he's not world class. Do not get me wrong, but he's moved over to a club where you know he was the main man at Chelsea. Everything went through him. You go over to uh, Real Madrid. Granted, he had injuries, etc. But he's, and he's got on weight. Yeah, but he's, just, he's not he's not the focal point for the team. And I think if you take Zaha and you put him in your say Arsenal's or your Chelsea's or even Liverpool. He def- definitely, if he went to Liverpool, he would. I think he would flop big time. I don't what about see, Tottenham? See, uh, maybe Tottenham. Maybe. What, for Mourinho? Yeah, track him back. He'd have to well, he does do it at Palace. I mean, he does that 
a lot at Palace. Well, maybe not as much, depending on what he's been asked to do. These yeah, sort of players all get linked to the same club, though, don't they? Mm. Everton. Ev- everyone that's going from kind of mid-table, but not good enough for top six, always gets linked to Everton. And, like, it just doesn't... It doesn't make sense why they all do, but yeah, I think he should stay where he is. Like, there's no reason. Yeah, but Palace have got as much chance of making Europe as Everton have of making the Champions League. The thing is, Palace are they're such an annoying team. I know Tom has alluded to it previously. They're they're a team that buys has been, um, but they're also a team that are like a couple of players away from maybe breaking into that top ten, top eight. I think the problem is is that. Roy Hodgson is a very conservative manager. We do seem to keep the ball a lot better than I remember watching us do back in the championship back in the day. But actually, when our starting position always seems to be quite further back, we always seem to have like that sort of industrial kind of midfield. Like All three players are very industrious. Like James McArthur is probably our best centre mid in terms of defending and attacking as well. There's a lot of... the uh, Attacking play does go through him as well. But we've got like Max Meyer, who is very attacking, very good on the ball. But he doesn't seem to play a lot. He seems to favour more Czech Coyote, uh, James McCarthy, Milivojevic, James McCarthy, all very quite... would normally be def- more the defensive box-to-box midfielders in any other team. But we seem to have like a midfield of them. And then we'd have like Jeffrey Schlupp, to score goals, Townsend, Zaha, Ayu, Benteke, none of them really scream goal scorer, do they? Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. that football does work though um, is in in the cup competitions. And beautiful not, segue, beautiful segue. Yeah, Jack. I, I don't <laughs> think I, as we, I think we were saying earlier, wasn't it? I, it's not it's not a massive shock to see. I mean, Palace are the sort of club that can beat. You know, beat the big boys, and it's not really seen as a massive shock. Same time, you could see them losing to definitely a championship side. Oh it yeah, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a you know huge surprise, and and that's why today that maybe you guys will disagree, but for me, I don't see how Palace can make this week's list, uh, which is centered around the FA Cup, and it's it's the biggest shocks of all time in the FA Cup. Although, admittedly, for me, I've I've tended to stay more in recent memory. Same, um, but nice. yeah, I think I've got maybe one one oldie, fairly oldie in there. But yes, yeah, good good time to do it really because we've got the FA Cup final coming yeah. up Saturday. Massive one, Jacko. Yeah, big big game. So uh, yeah, yeah. we'll see. Is there a forfeit for either of you two? Ooh. Okay. He's called it out, Jack. Tom, you've got to get the forfeit then. Uh, the loser has to wear a shirt from the other person when we record next week. No. Ooh. How are you going to know anyway? Exactly. Picture taken, put on Twitter. Bosh, done. Oh, mate, okay. Oh, no. All right, we can just edit it. The confidence just... is there. I'm not confident. Like I, I've said before, like whoever we were going to play, I'm not confident of winning. I wasn't confident of being City. Um, but you done it. Look, we'll 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 decide at the end of the podcast if that's going to go ahead. I'm yeah. I'm okay with it. Maybe an edited picture of me in an Arsenal shirt if we lose, but that ain't happening, lads. That ain't happening. Right. An edited picture. I'll go for an edited picture. Yeah, as in <laughs> yeah. as in paint. The, ter- the most terribly edited <laughs> picture. 
Um, Tom, do your honourable mentions if you have any. I don't have any myself. I've got uh, an honourable mention. I've got Oldham uh, beating Liverpool 3-2 in the 2012-2013 season. I mean, to score one goal against Liverpool when you're a League 1 or 2 team is impressive. To do it three times and to win is decent, to be fair. I mean, Oldham seem to always do well against the bigger boys back in the day. I think they had Paul Dickoff in charge as well, who was like a former Premier League player. So he knew the league pretty well. And I believe Oldham really had a box naturally with lower league teams. The pitches weren't great back in the day. And they really knuckled down and worked Liverpool to the bone and got three great goals. So for me, they're an honourable mention. Jack, what about you? I had the same honourable mention as well. Yeah, I was, I was thinking of putting them in because I remember that one. But what, what I remember about that, I think Sturridge or Suarez, one of them, come on at half time, and Gerrard's coming on. So they didn't start with the strongest team. So yeah, just just for that reason, they missed out. I think if all the big boys had been playing from the start, that probably would have crept into my top five. To be fair, he was very close. Yeah. Well, let's crack on then. I don't have any honourable mentions. Tom, my one. Jack mentioned about Palace not having any uh, cup upsets. This, for me, was quite a big one and was more down to the situation that's happened. Crystal Palace beating Wolverhampton Wanderers 3-1 back in, I believe it was 2009-2010. This one sticks more in the memory mainly because we had just been put under administration. We needed the money from the FA Cup win to get us through the next round. And Wolverhampton at the time were an established Premier League team. They had quite a strong team selection. They hadn't rested anyone, really. They had our future backup goalkeeper, Wayne Hennessy, in goal, who was Wales' number one at the time, was seen as one of the next best goalkeepers. I say best loosely. Was seen as the next standard Premier League goalkeeper (laughs) at the time. And... I remember watching the game as well and having our fullback because we had to put Danny Butterfield, who is a bog, not a bog standard, but a very traditional defensive fullback. We had to play him right wing because we had just sold Victor Moses, who was our best young player at the time and arguably our best player. And we had to sell him just to be able to keep the funds going, to keep the club going. And to have Danny Butterfield score a six-minute hat-trick for me, that is probably a big upset just for that. Having a fullback score a hat trick against you in six minutes, what a shock, what an upset. So for me, that's why Palace beating Wolves 3 1 is number five on my list. He, Any his, time you can mention that is worth it, isn't it? He's mentioned oh, it's, brilliant. Hey. it's brilliant. What it was it was, on? What was it on? What, what podcast? Uh, I don't even think it was, it uh, the individual oh. performances he was he was gonna wasn't he? Yeah, that was yeah. It. And then I mentioned it a couple other times after. But yeah, I do love Danny Butterfield. He's like a proper old school Palace player that I grew up to, and he's came and celebrated in front of me three times. And the shock on his face as well was brilliant. Like after scoring the first goal, he was just delighted. The second goal, he was like, okay, yeah, sweet. The hat-trick came and even he didn't know what was going on. Especially six minutes after one after another. I think they just kicked off. The ball got hit into our half. 
we then put the ball long up to Alan Lee after breaking up their attack and then we'd score from it. It was brilliant. He had the perfect attack as well. Header, right foot, left foot. Bosh. Bosh. Danny I don't Bosch. even think Drogba, Drogba didn't score a perfect hat-trick, did he? He must have. Don't think we can wake up. Uh, mm, not sure. He must have. He, he must have. Did he? He, he, he could have done it all. But, Jack, but, he searched uh, that one. Yeah, we have to double-check that. <laughs> um, he did love the cup as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what's your number five? So, I've gone for your honourable mention one. So, Oldham versus Liverpool. And like Jack said, that they didn't start with a strong team. I think these players, they were quite young at the time. So they did start with Dan- they did start with Daniel Sturridge. They did start with Luis Suarez, who was captain. Um, Raheem Sterling at the time on the team. Barini, do you remember him? Um, yeah. Because he, he wasn't too too bad. They had Joe Allen, the Welsh Perlo. Um, Jordan Henderson was playing as well. And then from then on, it just gets a bit crap set for Skirtle. So they had a decent enough team to beat Oldham. I mean, you know... It, you would say Liverpool would smash them. And at that time, I believe Liverpool were pushing for the league as well, weren't they? Having those mm. players in the team. So, having lost to Oldham, you know, 3-2 three, three, in the fourth round of the FA Cup, that's got to be an upset. I mean, they're, they're a League One team and they were going through a lot of problems. I think he had to get rid of most of his backroom staff at the time. So, it was just a, a big shock at the time. But just because there was the odds were so against them, you know, to beat Liverpool, one, who were like pushing for the title. Two, most of your backroom staff have, have just left because of financial problems. You know, mm. it, I don't know, it just was a big upset. It may not have made your list, but I think for me, to turn it around, you know, if you're going through a hard time as a club and then go and beat Liverpool, it just brings a whole new joy to the club. Um, something they wouldn't have had that season because I'm, I'm sure they would have been hitting relegation, um, potentially not doing as well as they wish they, they would. But yeah, as with ever, all all these FA Cup games, it it started. I think it was three one for a, a good while, and then on the eighth minute, um, I think the Welsh Perlo, Joe Joe Allen scored, um, and then that that tight ending, and that's something with the FA Cup. That that ending, I don't know. I've seen a theme with all these, all, everyone on my list. It's quite tight, um, and it's always like a cagey ending. And you only get that in the FA Cup. It's the brilliance of the FA Cup. That when the mm. lower league team are winning, they just want to cling on. Yeah. So yeah, I'm taking, I'm putting them in my list. That's yeah. fair enough. It was hard because I had a couple which I wanted to put in. I always had to leave out Shrewsbury beating Everton two one. But to be honest, and either of those two is going to make my list as well. Jack, what was your one? Yeah, funny you mentioned that. I've got Shrewsbury beating Everton hey. number five in mind. So <laughs> this for me was. Certainly one of the first big FA Cup upsets that I actually remember. Um, it was it was around the time when Wayne Rooney was coming through and he was playing in this game. And it, it really was what, what the third round of the FA Cup's all about. I mean it's it's a Premier League club going to a smaller ground, a bit of a dodgy pitch, um, you know, not used necessarily to maybe the closeness of the crowd or kind of hoofing the ball up the pitch, which which a lot of the lower league teams would, would do that sort of thing and Mm. Um, yeah, it was just really shocking for me. I I'd not really comprehended that a team the size of Shrewsbury could beat Everton. Um, it yeah, so it was like I think it was my first real upset that I can remember. I think Shrewsbury were right at the bottom of the football league at the time, and 
Everton were, well, I mean, Everton have always been kind of that sixth to, to tenth best team in the league around there. And yeah, it, was, it wasn't really any different then. They had quite a lot of good players out that day. Um, yeah, I said Rooney was one of them. I think Carsley was playing, um, maybe Gravison and uh, people like David Weir. Uh, Rosinski and stuff so you know they had a strong Tony side Hibbert. Out. Tony Hibbert Tony Hibbert I don't think he was playing that day actually um, no yeah it was a, it was a strong side it was is a last minute winner as well uh, from Shrewsbury which which always helps um and I think their manager was a former Everton player which just added yeah. added to the the drama as well wasn't it uh, Ratcliffe or something like that Pat Kevin Ratcliffe, Ratcliffe, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were back in two thousand two, two thousand and three, weren't it? Because yeah, that was back yeah. when Shrewsbury was the bottom of the old Division Three, which nowadays would be League Two. Yeah, so they were right. They weren't. They weren't on form or anything. They were. They were really struggling down there. Everton had been decent enough, um, but yeah, Shrewsbury turn them over because form goes out the window, don't it? In in the third round, a lot of the time. Yeah, Chelsea have faced Shrewsbury a couple of times in the FA Cup. We've always beat them. But I, was, I don't know if you've ever seen it. The Hazard interview after. Yeah. The presenter asks, like, how do you feel? Is it Strawberry Meadow or something? Yeah. And he goes, he goes, how do you feel about the team you just, you beat? And he goes, Strawberry? Strawberry? Yeah. <laughs> so me, yeah, that's it. So me, Strawberry. Uh, Strawberry, yeah. But, um, yeah, they're, they're a team that Chelsea seem to get all the time. And that's, that's another thing. I think FA Cup, although it's, you know, picked out of a bag or whatever. That's all. Yeah, it, um, it always seems to get the same teams. I know Arsenal bloody always do. Or they always get piss-easy teams. Um, but I won't keep on moaning. Tom, you're number four. My number four. This one is Burnley losing 1-0 to Lincoln back in 2016-17. Now, as an average Joe person, the best hope we've got of making it nowadays is by making it non-league. And to have a non-league club play against a Premier League club that is like the epitome of any average Joe's dream. Like, imagine rocking up to your local club and whatnot, getting the ground grade and managing to actually qualify to playing in the FA Cup, to playing against Burnley, a Premier League team. They were quite a staple Premier League team back then as well, as they are now. And actually being able to play them at Burnley's ground and getting a result, that's what the magic of the FA Cup's all about for me. That's why the number four... Yeah, I've I've got the same. I've got um Burnley Lincoln. It was the it was an eight minute header, wasn't it? Um, I think right from, last minute. Yeah, it was from what I remember because I remember watching this game and another one where the the lower league team were hanging on for dear life at the end because um, mm. I remember really wanting them to win. And I think Jack, correct me if I'm wrong, they went on to play Arsenal. Uh, was it the yeah, Emirates as well? Yeah, they did. Yeah, it was at the Emirates. Yeah. Yeah, we got so, we got Sutton and then we got Lincoln, so we got yeah. the two easiest draws you can get. But then, refer back to my point earlier on. Sorry, carry yeah, on. Yeah, but you know we had a tough <laughs> semi and final, so it wasn't all easy. But yeah, um, they was I think they're the first non-league team in over a hundred years to get to the quarterfinals. Yeah, so Massive. I mean just for that they they've got to be on the list really, haven't they? Um, yeah. They they were number four for me as well. It's a big achievement, like Tom said. And they did it away from home, which a lot of yeah, a lot of these upsets are always generally at the lower league team's ground. But this one, 
they actually went to Burnley and won. So the whole game itself, I mean, they didn't dominate. It wasn't like and none of these teams really do. But um, and nor did Burnley really. It was quite a boring game. That's why it was nil nil up until the eight ninth minute. But for them to score that header, and it was it was even the the goal itself was scrappy. I mean, I think the ball went into the box deep, um, and then a Lincoln player headed it back into the box, and then luckily one of their players was on the far far post to dink it in top top right um and it was just a bit of a scrappy goal and it just that was the whole game really it was a bit scrappy but yeah to go on to go and play at the emirates as well must be a dream for them but yeah that's that's my number four and obviously jack's number four so we're going back round to you tom number well, that was a quick turnaround yeah. this one jordan i think is probably one of your favorite games as well mm-hmm. uh, back in 2014 and 15 yeah. Chelsea managed to go 2 0 up and then managed to blow it by losing 4 2 to Bradford. Yeah. Bradford must have been absolutely loving life. To be 2 0 down against a Premier League club when you're in like the League One or League Two levels, you must think, especially at Stamford Bridge, you must think, game's done. Let's just not be uh, absolutely murdered. But for them to then throw caution to the wind and go for it, I think it was Johnny Stead, weren't it? Like the former. Blackburn, yeah, next best thing, striker came up and just absolutely terrorised Chelsea's defence. I think he got a couple, didn't he? I think he got one. Uh, the, yeah. other guy, the other one was Andy Halliday and yes. uh, um, Mark Yates. Yeah, but, Yates, yeah. But yeah, they, they had quite a couple of good years in the Cups because I think it was only 2013 that they got to the League Cup final. So they had a bit of form in beating I think, these Premier League yeah. sides. I think beating, if you were to beat Chelsea 1-0, it'd still be an upset. If yeah. they were to beat them 2-1, it'll be an upset. If they beat them 3-2, you'd be going, what magic. But to get four yeah. goals against Chelsea, who were, I think this was like Mourinho's second coming, wasn't this it? This was like, yeah, they were yeah. running away with the league. So that's why it's number three for me. Jordan? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, know yeah. I know you've loved that. Yeah, I love it. But to be fair, they are on my list, but they're regrettably higher up. Jack's already mentioned them already. Uh, I've gone with Sutton United, their FA Cup run in 2017. In terms of shots, I, I may have put them a bit too high. Or may, maybe shouldn't be on my list, but I just remember this one. Um, I think it was such a story and so close to us in general, really, wasn't it? Um, yeah, Sutton a lot United. of people were buying season tickets for Sutton just so they could watch the Arsenal game. Yeah. It was a bit of a mad one. It was mad. I mean, I think they got to the last 16, um, obviously being a non-league club as well. They were a lot lower down than Lincoln as well. Yeah, and this is the thing. Like, Just putting it in perspective, Tom, me, you and Jack, if we actually put our minds to it and actually got fit, we can probably have a little decent run, maybe in Sutton United, maybe at least have a good training session and see us and be like, yeah, you you can get into the team. Like, That's the kind of... I almost played in the FA Cup. I was at Croydon FC at the time. I'd been signed for the first month. I was ill, so and I was on holiday, so I missed two weeks. And during those two weeks was the FA Cup game that Croydon oh. played in. Well, there you go. So I mean, there's there's things like that. So that's how that's how low. I'm not saying that it's terrible, but I mean that's how how low this Sutton United team are. Um, what I remember about Sutton was their Goalkeeper. Yep. Had oh, a pasty, pasty gate. Was it a pasty? Or was it a burger? I think he had a Cornish pasty. pasty 
They say he apparently had a bet on it or something. Yeah, they had a bet saying that um he'd end up be filming on TV having a eating something because everyone was saying how overweight he was. So he just suddenly grabbed the pasty and just started munching (laughs) that on camera. I'm pretty sure he got sacked for that. Yeah, he did. did. I think he goes against (laughs) FA betting rules. (laughs) Mate, if he ended up shooting himself in the foot. Not really, because he wasn't going to make much money. He could have put like a. I don't know, 100 grand down on that. He would have won it. He made, it, made his money for a good while. It, not even the fact that they got to play Arsenal, right? And, Jack, you you obviously watched the game. And I, I watched the game, obviously, I think most people did because it was a, a big shock. But they did not, you know, roll over easy. They did put up a good fight against Arsenal. I mean, I think they Arsenal... They had a strong side out as well. Yeah. Because Walcott got his 100th goal that day. Abraham was on there, and I remember like that. That that one point had to bring on the Sanchez. Sanchez was still there, wasn't he? Yeah, Abraham yeah. was there, but yeah, Sanchez was there. He yeah. came on. Or so they probably played. It was just watching that in the stadium, which was and it was just such a basic stadium, like your typical non-league club, just the one stand. And then I think they had the scaffold boards built up for the TV crew. Um, yeah, it was one of those ones, and it was just just. It shouldn't have happened, but it did. And it's um, the magic, magic it is, of the FA Cup. It's true, and they even beat Leeds to get to to, to get to Arsenal. Mm. So you know they didn't. It wasn't an easy run for them. Um, I just wish they beat Arsenal. I would have loved to see them gone far, um, but clearly they weren't with a keeper that's just going to eat pucker pies or whatever. <laughs> Cornish passes <laughs> at half time. Um, but yeah, they're they're my number three. Jack, what's your number three? Yeah, so speaking of Arsenal, I've got probably our worst uh, ever FA Cup upset, which was in 1992 when we lost to Wrexham in the third round. We were champions um, the year before. And back in those days, I don't think teams really rested players in the FA Cup. So we had a full team out. We had the famous back five. and We had Paul Merce and Alan Smith, people like that playing. And we went 1-0 up and we were still winning up until the last 10 minutes of the game. And then, uh, yeah, they, they turned it around. They scored two, Wrexham. Uh, Michael Thomas got the first and I think he used to play for Man United. I think they had a couple of players that had played at a higher level. Um, but at the time, Wrexham were fourth division. So it was pretty much as big a, a gap as you can get in terms of like the football league and yeah I mean th- this always comes up in lists really it's always cited as uh, one of the top upsets ever and yeah it's a little bit before my time but reading through the Arsenal history but um, they, they talk about it in there quite a lot and yeah it, it does always come up at around January time when they talk about big cup upsets in the third round and this was an additional shock because up until the 80th minute it didn't look like it was going to be a shock it looked like it was going to be routine and then, bam, two goals in, like, five minutes changed it. So, yeah, it's it's a massive giant kid in this one. And that I Arsenal can... team, yeah, it was massive. That big team, wasn't it? Was it was a really good Arsenal team, yeah. They won won the league, so they, they were the title winners. And then the next year, we won the FA Cup. So, yeah, they were just in the fourth division, really. You can um, tell Jack is absolutely loving this one. You can see, you can tell from the way he's talking about it, he's absolutely loving this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> he's had to listen to it every January for the whole of his life, and now he has to talk about it. Must you can't be blame him. I, I didn't have to. I, I could have left it off. But... 
<laughs> I, I did choose to put it on, but yeah, it was just yeah, it's a massive shock. And to be honest, like we don't we don't normally get shocked that much by lower league team. Certain clubs seem to be more susceptible right. to it. I mean, Liverpool seem to lose quite a lot to lower league teams. Yeah. And Man United, not so much in the FA Cup, but in the League Cup, they seem to lose a lot to lower league sides. But generally speaking, most of the time when we got knocked out, it's by Premier League teams. So, yeah. If you look at Arsenal's team, I mean, just to list, list a few, right? So, obviously, Seaman in goal, was it? Uh, Paul Merson, David O'Leary, Tony Adams, Winterburn, Dixon. That defence was so strong. Like, to be 1-0 up, you would... You'd want that's the defence you'd want. Back five of Seaman, Dixon, Winterburn, O'Leary, and Adams. You can't really ask for better than that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, to to lose, it would have been a massive upset because that team, Arsenal, back then was so strong, dominant, absolute dominance. Um, yeah, I won't let you uh, go on any longer, Jack, because I know how much it pains you. Because I'm not going to feel <laughs> the pain in a minute. Tom, back to you, number two. My number two, this one was uh, an old rivalry comeback. It was a team, two rivals who hadn't played each other for six years. It was more born out of hatred for each other rather than actual location. It was Man United versus Leeds, back when Leeds were in the old league, well, say the old league one, back when they were in league one, the now premiership team. Back in 2009-2010, they were still really recovering from the massive fallout they had when they just kept getting relegated. Uh, they still had some half-decent players, like the Jermaine Beckford player who scored to help them win 1-0. I remember watching yeah. it and just... It was it seemed a very tight affair, but Leeds really seemed up for it. And Jermaine Beckford, a classy finisher who actually surprised a lot of people with how far he didn't go. Because he was touted to be one of the next best players, which you could see from the finishing he'd done against uh, yeah, United. I he'd get an England cap at some point, but I don't think he yeah. did. Yeah. He, he just started, seemed to stick around with Leeds for too long and didn't really go anywhere. Like that finish, though, like edge of the box and left hand side, under pressure as he's sprinting forwards, left footed, calm as you like, past the goalkeeper into the bottom corner. Classy finish. And Leeds managed to hold on. And this was at Old Trafford as well. Which, you know, this was back when United were really, really hard to beat at Old Trafford. They still had Sir Alex Ferguson in charge, I believe. They were the title winners. Um, Yeah. And just trying to beat, just getting anything from Old Trafford was seen as an upset. So let alone it being Leeds in League One, which for that reason alone is why they're number two on my list. This is a strange one for me because what you said earlier about like Leeds being up for it, I remember watching it and I did think that from the start. I was like, I would not be surprised at all if they won. So that's this hasn't made my list on the ba- just on the basis that for me, I wasn't even shocked when Beckford scored. I was like, yeah, that's the way the game's been going. But objectively looking at it, that Man United team had won three Premier Leagues yeah, in a row. This is probably, in terms of teams that have been shocked, this is probably the best team that's, mm. that's been shocked because, yeah, they're one of the best ever Premier League sides, definitely. And they're at home at Old Trafford with Sir Alex Ferguson. 
And Old Trafford, you would have thought if they couldn't win, the ref would help them. Exactly. <laughs> Fergie time and everything. But not not in case. I, I wonder how long was added on in that game? Probably 40 minutes. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Must be. That is mad. It is, um, it's, it's a big rivalry, though. But yeah. Leeds seem to be a rival of everyone, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah they I'm, do. I'm, I'm glad they're in the Prem, just to, so we can all fucking fuck them up and I went to uh, a game versus Leeds in the Cup when they were in. I think they were still in League One then, and they was beating us up until the last minute. Fabregas uh, scored a penalty, so yeah, I think that was the very next year actually that um, after they beat United. So yeah, definitely something they're well capable of doing. Yeah, all right. I'll go to my number two. Tommy already mentioned it. I'm not happy about this one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to feel your pain, Jack. So yeah, basically Chelsea versus Bradford. Like Tom mentioned, we got battered four uh, two, um, and yeah, basically Jose drinks jinxed it. Uh, I think he said before the game, he said something along the lines of, "It would be terrible. It'd be, it'd be out of this world if Chelsea lost tomorrow," or something like that. <laughs> and I, I don't know off, off the back of of that. I think because apparently he was going to play like a weekend team. Like at the time, I think Christensen was playing, Zuma was playing. I remember these were all quite young back then. Yeah, you still had the lots of Cahill, Oscar, whatnot, Willian. They were still in the team at their peak, etc. Jobber was even playing. Put it that way. Like we did not have a weekend side. Um, we had a few talented youth players playing, and when I say a few, maybe one or two. Um, and that's Jose's idea of playing youth. Um, yeah, that's a lot for Jose Mourinho to play like one or two youth players. This is what I mean. But it was just shambolic. I mean, as you said, Tom, like, and especially being a Chelsea fan, I, I think, not not recently, but back then, this is, I think we won the year, uh, league this year as well. Back then, if we went 2-0 up in an FA Cup against Bradford, I'd be like, yeah, that's it. We're going to go get a 5-6, maybe, definitely. But I don't know what happened. It just... Something just changed in the atmosphere. I have no idea. And when Chelsea go down, right, the atmosphere in Stamford Bridge also goes down. It's not like, come, it's, you'll have to, oh, come on, pick me up. Come on, boys, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, it just boom, flat. And Bradford just dominated. Playing passes around us, blah, blah, blah. Like we said, that um, is it Morris or Morris scored? Andy Holiday, uh, Mark Yates scored. And that Mark Yates goal, Basically, if you watch it back, he ran through Christensen, even though he was quite young. He ran through into the box. Christensen was backing off, backing off. Willian, and look, I've, I've got a love hate with Willian. When he performs, he's fucking marvellous. When he doesn't, which is a majority of the time, <laughs> he just doesn't track, comes defensively, he doesn't track back. I have no idea how, why Mourinho loved him. And I know rival fans seem to think Willian tracks back and does really well. And, you know, does, he's got the speed to come back. He's got the speed to run into that position, but does nothing with it. So he was just chasing this guy, and then he starts jogging. As he gets closer to him, he just starts jogging. And then this guy goes through. And then you'll see William just leave him. He's, this guy's got a free space to shoot at a call to our... Uh, sorry, check. Goal. That's it. This is an FA Cup. We, we were heads down. Everything was just going wrong. And it was epitomised when you see, watch William try and defend that. That was the performance there. William was doing absolutely nothing. That team was doing absolutely nothing. And Chelsea just got obliterated off the pitch, basically. I'm fuming about it still. Um, 
But yeah, to be honest, fair play to Bradford. And I think we met them again a couple of years later. Like I said, we always seem to get the same teams every every other year. They were doing quite well, like Jack said. I think they got to the EFL, didn't they? Is that what you said? The yeah, EFL? a couple of years ago. Yeah, they beat us in that, to be honest, to be honest on penalties. And I think they beat Villa as well. So, yeah, they they definitely got some um, form for it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're like nowadays. I, I've no idea what their status is or what even league they're in. They're in League One now. Are they? Which they were at the time, yeah. So yeah, but it just—it was just a, for Chelsea to lose in that style as well, and to be winning at the time. You know, fair play to Bradford, massive shock. Jack. Yeah, I—I I got the same number too. Um, I—I I, I remember I was in Belgium at the time actually, and I was just keeping a rough eye on it. I think I went out, I saw that there's one nil up. Thought, oh yeah, they'll easily win this then, three or four nil, whatever. And then I come back. Um, just check the scores and it's like oh blimey they've lost 4-2 so it was like you just especially the fact that they'd gone ahead and I think I can't remember who scored the first goal but it was sort of a fairly big player so I assume that they were playing quite a strong team but yeah there's no way they'll lose this then um, and yeah this was I said Man United was the best team to to probably be upset yeah, they were. But this Chelsea team were really good at that time. I think they, they sort of tailed off a bit after this. Obviously, they, they were so far ahead in the league that they won it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, they they were running away with the Premier League. So, to, to have a League One team beat them, especially from 2-0 down at Stamford Bridge, I doubt that they've done that many times in history. And Mourinho doesn't really lose at Stamford Bridge either, does he? So, that's... that's- that's the thing. That's another thing. It's, that's another thing. With Mourinho being Mourinho, as soon as you get a lead, you ain't going to go and push on to score more. Yeah. He's going to shut up shop. And he clearly but didn't. Though. This day, though, was one of the best um, FA Cup third round, really, for, for upsets. So the same day, Middlesbrough, uh, who were in the championship, won at the Etihad. Really? Palace, Palace won at Southampton. Wee. That that was a Southampton <laughs> team that would have had, you know, uh, Alderweireld, Van Dijk, Bink Van Dijk. Possibly that might have been a bit too early for him, but Alana, you know, Nathaniel, Nathaniel Klein. Klein, Bertrand, Tadic. Yeah, it was a, it was a good Pochettino, wasn't it? Team. It was a Pochettino I think team. Pochettino well, wasn't it? was the was the manager. Yeah, um, Tottenham lost at home to Leicester, so Leicester would have been in championship, championship at the time. Oh no! Actually, they were they did get promoted, but they were just like a newly newly promoted team, so that was still a shock. And Liverpool drew at home to Bolton. I, I don't know if they won the replay or not, but again, that's a shock, that's though, a big yeah. shock. So there's there's quite a few, and they was all on the same day. Yeah, that's mad. What a day! What a day! What a day! Right, <laughs> Tom, you're number one. I'd be surprised if you've got different to mine. I mean, to have a team that were fighting relegation from the Premier League even yeah. make the final is a big thing back in 2012-2013. But Jack said earlier about United having like a really strong side, having one of the best sides. This was probably the most expensive side to mm. have a shock gone against them. And it was a very good team. It had the likes of Vincent Company in who is an absolute rock-solid man-mountain. But Wigan 
beating Man City 1-0 in the cup final was just unbelievable. And the fact that former Palace player Ben Watson had to get that in there, scored in the last minute, a header from a corner. When it's Ben Watson's not exactly the biggest either. He's like about average height for a footballer. But you're going up at a corner up against the likes of I think Julian Lescott, Vincent Company, other big, solid Man City defenders around, winning the header and scoring a pass. A very decent goalie in Joe Hart, was it? I think England yeah. number one at the time. Yeah, they would have put out their strongest team, definitely. So, yeah, yeah so it's a, the strongest Man City team at the time who were pushing, I think, for Premier League. I think they were even narrowly missed out on one a previous one. They won well. They won the previous one, and then they won it the next year too. So yeah, yeah. So they were just starting to win stuff regularly. Very strong side, and for Wigan to come and do that in a cup final, that says it all. So for me, they're number one on the list, and I'd be surprised if you've got anyone else. Yeah, I've got to say it was just a. Again, it was a it was a nil nil for a while, and then Wigan, obviously the former Palace player. If you want to get in again, Tom. Uh, <laughs> Ben Watson, obviously. What team do you used to play for? I think it was Palace, I think you said. Good stuff. Uh, stuff. Yeah, Palace. It was Palace, Palace, Palace. There you go. Mentioned more Thank than you. enough times. Um, yeah, First time we've mentioned more than once on the list. <laughs> yeah, to come out and get that not in that late, just uh, unreal scenes. I remember it just being nuts as well. Back when Wigan had a lot of fans. And weirdly enough, was it, is it the DW Stadium there? Is it DW Stadium? Is that them? Yeah, that's them, yeah. It used to be called the JJB Stadium, was that Bolton? Yeah, J- yeah, yeah, it was yeah. the JJB and then it was the DW, Dave Whelan. Either way, I mean, that, that stadium used to be quite empty. And then all of a sudden you see Wembley, FA Cup final, there was loads. Yeah. Because it's quite yeah. a, rugby, a rugby town, it's not really a, yeah. Yeah. a football town. Um, Wembley, just, it's just the most Wigan fans I've ever seen and just, it was absolutely nuts when, when he scored that. Yeah, obviously, Roberto Martinez was the manager, wasn't he? At the time, mm. um, yeah. very good manager back then, which was weird like because teams as well. Yeah, he got off. I think off the back of that, he got recognised. I think did he move on off the yeah, back of Everton. that? Yeah, which is weird because he, in effect, he got relegated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he did actually win an FA Cup. So yeah. you know, and off the back of that, he obviously ended up Belgian manager. So mm. it's a great story to be fair. But yeah, City would have been a dominant team, hundred percent. Um, also, I think it's the only shock which has happened that far. Well, the furthest you can do in the in final. In the final, yeah. Like all the other shocks yeah. are mainly like third rounds, quarterfinals, max. Whereas this shock actually happened in the final. Funny enough, Wigan beat. I think they beat Everton to get to the final. I think they they beat Bournemouth. They, beat, Mil- they beat Millwall in the semi. Yeah, I don't know that, but I think they did beat Everton. Good. Yeah, in the earlier round. And a League One Bournemouth um, yeah. was one of them as well. I think the star man that day, I think, was Kone. Do you remember him? Oh, yes. Yeah, Aruna Kone, yeah. He, he was the straight the number two the shirt. Hair. Yeah. yeah. And you wore the number two shirt. Yeah. He was just putting strings like left, right and centre that day. Um, creating chances where, where they could against Man City. And you know, that's a hard feat. Remember, people got to remember, this isn't Pep's Man City. So they weren't as dominant as... You know what you imagine Man City to be, but there was still a Mancini's, weren't it? Was it uh, yeah, Mancini's last game, yeah. So, Mancini's last game. 
they had the likes of Aguero, etc., like that. It's, it, it's, it was just a, a big upset, really. Um, yeah, definitely number one for me. Well, I've gone with I could, I've gone with a, you could say it's the same number one, but I could I've actually gone for an unprecedented joint three at the top. Whoa! And they're all, whoa! They're all Wigan, Man City. Um, so oh, Will Briggs. Yeah, so there was this. Oh, one, that one. You, so there was this one, which you've talked to death, the 2013 <laughs> FA Cup <laughs> Then the next year, they were in the championship and Man City were winning the league under Pellegrini and um, Wigan beat them at the Etihad in the quarters, which was probably my favourite because we, we'd drawn the winners of that match. So I was sure that was going to be City. Um, and yeah, I was buzzing when, when Wigan beat Man City that day. Because it meant we, we were the only like decent side left in the cup, but we still almost messed it up. Um, and then in 2018, this was Pep's team, and this was Pep's Centurion team. And yeah, Will Grigg scored against them, and they won. So they've beaten them three times in five years, all massive upsets. I don't really know which that. one's the best, to be honest. Like the, I suppose the cup final, on the basis that it is the cup final, but the the, fir- the like the further you go in history, the better Man City got, yeah. and the lower down Wigan got. Yeah, um, this bit the is Gr- the Will Griggs one was massive though, wasn't it? Because oh, um, they were the Griggs best team. Fire. They were talking about Man City winning the quadruple best yeah. team ever, and then yeah, this this was the first competition that Man City got kicked out of. Well, it was also one the Amazon Prime documentary as well, isn't it? The All or Nothing one because you can actually see. Oh, I've not seen that yet. Oh, well, spoilers. Uh, you actually see behind the scenes and Fabian Delph getting sent off and everything yeah. for what was arguably definitely a red card. But to see it behind the scenes and whatnot and see how angry everyone... Yeah. If I had to pick one, I'll pick, um, I'll pick the cup final. Yeah. I've gone with the, the Wigan versus Man City trilogy. I like what you've done there. I like it. Bit of a Star Wars vibe there. Um, right, okay. Let's, let's narrow down our final five then. Tom, you start. My number five was Palace beating Wolves in, I uh, think, the fourth round. My number four was Burnley losing to Lincoln at Burnley. My number three was Jordan's favourite Chelsea beating, or losing, sorry. <laughs> Such a shock there, I even got that wrong was yeah. Chelsea losing to Bradford 4-2. Number two was Man United losing to Leeds 1-0 at Old Trafford. And my number one was Wigan beating City in the FA Cup final. Thank you for that, Tom. Um, yeah, my number five, Oldham versus Liverpool. Number four, Lincoln City versus Burnley. Number three, Sutton and the Fat Keeper versus <laughs> Arsenal. Number two, Chelsea versus Bradford. Number one, <laughs> Wigan winning versus Man City and also being relegated that season Jack my number five was Shrewsbury versus Everton my number four was Burnley versus Lincoln number three was Wrexham Arsenal number two was Bradford Chelsea and number one was Wigan Man City but I did a trilogy <laughs> the trilogy <laughs> that's to be number one I think the Wigan Man City trilogy we'll just put it as a trilogy the yeah. trilogy put a trilogy on it because they're all 
Got to do a little Star Wars um, mop up of Will Grimm. Or Lord of the Rings. Or Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Got to be Star Wars. Star Wars have a longer That's not a trilogy, though, is it? Just leave it at that, Tom. Just leave it at that. (laughs) 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 Right. um, Right, number two. We're going to go for Uh, number two. I think, for me... Chelsea. Two of us had Bradford Chelsea, yeah. Three of us had Bradford Chelsea involved. You had Bradford Chelsea at third, which weren't far. I'm happy. I'm happy at second. I'm happy to be second. Jordan? I'm not happy, happy, but yes, I am content with (laughs) Content. (laughs) And then we we all had Burnley Lincoln at four, but the fact that we've all got it on the list, does that push that up to three? Yeah, but I like Jack's. Shell, I know none of us apart from Jack had it on there, but the Arsenal one, that team, the Arsenal team was strong as hell. Um, yeah, yeah, versus Wrexham, who'd have nobodies basically. Um, I'm gonna knock out my Oldham versus Liverpool one straight away because you know both of you didn't have it on your list, and to be honest, that back four was terrible, and it was still quite, quite a close game at the end. I don't know, I'm, I'm happy. With Jack's one, the Arsenal Wrexham's the one to be on. I don't know about you, Tom. Yeah, I'm happy for that to be on the list. Um, whether it's above Burnley's up against a non-league team who... I think Lincoln aren't... goes third. I think Lincoln definitely goes third. I think fourth may be the Arsenal one. Cool. And fifth, I had Palace v Wolves. Jack, who did you have on your list that we haven't mentioned yet? Uh, Shrewsbury, Everton. But you did have Leeds United, didn't you, as well, on your list? Oh, Man United, Leeds. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think that's a shout as well, because, like you said, the rivalry of it, at Old Trafford as well, and to... How, what time did they score that goal? It was quite it was early. 20 minutes in or something. Yeah. It's quite early on, so it wasn't like... Like, you know, some of these are last-minute goals. Like, Wigan's one was a last-minute goal. Uh, Lincoln's one was a last-minute goal. With that, they had to carry on performing during that whole game. Um, so you got to give them credit there, and it's a massive, massive game. And like Jack said, Fergie time would definitely be in play. Yeah, I think that's a great shot to be number five. Yeah, I think that is as well. Like, I've, to be fair, if if I hadn't have watched the game, I would have been a lot more shocked probably um, mm. to see the result. Just the fact that I saw Leeds play so well. But yeah, looking at it, that United team was really, really good. They'd won three Premier Leagues in a row, so. And, and Leeds are in their big team, but they they are in League One. So, yeah, that, that is massive. Mate, so, sounds like a good list. So, number five was Man United versus Leeds and Leeds winning. Number four was Wrexham beating a very strong Arsenal 2-1. Number three, we put as Burnley losing out to Lincoln. Number two, Chelsea those into Bradford and our number one uh, was as Jack quite nicely put it it was the Wigan Man City trilogy lovely job Lee. yeah it's a good list decent list some shockers on there rightly so being an FA Cup <laughs> shocker episode what a, what a pun what a pun <laughs> yeah I mean uh, to be honest like I said earlier on, I think it's it's nice to see an underdog win sometimes. As long as it's not against my team, obviously Chelsea Bradford was in that list. But um, I think when you watch the likes of Sutton, Lincoln, you know, get through 
to the late stages in the FA Cup. I know it sounds cliche, but it is the magic of the FA Cup, isn't it? Um, there's no, yeah. there's nowhere else. I and again, I don't know whether they got this over in, in different countries. They're equivalent to the FA Cup, but I don't think there's anywhere else that has a cup like it. And it's it's a shame that clubs are now making it second, second to the Prem or second to Premier League games or something else. They're not taking it seriously. Like for instance, Even when Klopp, mid-table teams, isn't it now? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a joke. On that. Because there's more money in getting a higher place in the Premier League, isn't it? Yeah, finishing like 13th instead of 14th is more beneficial financially than winning the FA Cup. Which so is mad. Just, yeah. Wow. It's not good. And this is where I don't like the EFL Cup and the Carabao Cup or whatever, because really that cup is a bit pointless because it's basically the same as the FA Cup. But I actually don't know what it's, what it's for. It's just it's just the FA Cup, but without the non-league teams in, so it's a quicker round of a cup. To be yeah. fair, if Palace won in the League Cup, I'd be buzzing. Won't yeah, I? I know you would, but I mean, I think having that cup as well, you know, and if an FA Cup alongside it, say for instance, if you had say your Bradford's and they were both they were in both the FA Cup and the League Cup, they may have an easier route in through the League Cup, so they may sacrifice an FA Cup nowadays. And personally, I think they should keep it the FA Cup and pump more money into it to make it the the cup that it was back in the day. Um, and yeah. I hope it doesn't lose its magic. And I know Arsenal won it plenty of times and people banter off, off just because it's now called the Emirates FA Cup so they all think it's a, a fix or whatnot. Um, well, it's allegedly. Well, yeah. it's called... No, this year it's called the Heads Up FA Cup Final. They're, they're renaming it for mental health. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So, Mark so, Chelsea might have a chance this year then. That'd be good. But I, uh, I've, I just lo- I, lo- I love the FA Cup. I think it's a... Uh, it's a brilliant competition and there's nothing like it in the world. A beautiful cup. And, um, fingers crossed tomorrow we win it. Jack, obviously you're going to be crying next week. Um, and I'll bring up the full fit. I'll be crying <laughs> next week, yeah. Will that be about the football or...? They ask you how you are, you just have to say that you're fine. When you're not really fine, but you just can't get into it because they would never understand. Yeah, it will be about the football, yes. Yeah. Uh, All right, fair enough. <laughs> I wasn't chewing grim all of a sudden, like. <laughs> Genuinely, I'm just gonna. Is everything all right at home, Jack? <laughs> is anything you want to get off your chest or anything? Nah, nah. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So next week we have got a fun episode. It's an awards episode, but there'll be a bit of um, interesting awards. Not just going to get the standard player of the year and stuff like that. We'll fire through. A few curveballs in there as well, and we're going to try and get Alex back on for that one uh, to get his his view. So yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, well, because there is so much that's going on this season. Like I know it's been a crazy season. I know Liverpool ran away with it, but so many unexpected things happened this season, um, and so many things to take into account. Players that have turned up that you just wouldn't expected, and players that have, you would expect to turn up just didn't at all. There's going to be some names probably at the start of the season that I would have not picked at all. Some of the managers getting fired, half of which have come from Watford as well. And I'll, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a good one, actually. Very good, but wicked. Thank you, boys. Um, as ever, check us out on the socials at FT Low Podcast. Keep it FT Low. Keep it real. Keep safe. Keep it going. See you next week for another For the Love of List segment. Remember to follow our Twitter at FTLOL Podcast and to like, comment and subscribe.